Welcome into Sports Tonight, Bailey Burmaster, alongside Emily Gagnon <laughs> on this Monday edition of Sports Tonight. We get to do a lot more of these now. <laughs> like, I, I'm kind of looking forward to you it. You know how, like, it takes forever for something to start, and then once it starts, it really starts? Like, that's where we are right now. So we are really starting, and, and we're starting your Monday off nice and hot with me and Bailey. Correct. Um, I mean, we have so much to talk about, but I think it's only appropriate we start off with talking about the Falcons, who seem to have interviewed everyone and my grandma. For this position, and they're still going to interview How'd your even grandma more. Do? I, I'm not even sure. I hope she gets a second interview. <laughs> like seriously, they have interviewed up to date with 13 different candidates. Yeah. I like the fact that they're being thorough, but at the end of the day, I've got to be honest. Like, is it real? Do we feel like these interviews are actually real? I hope they are. I fe- I do feel like they're trying to do their due diligence in a way. Um, I still feel without any real reports or knowing anything feel like Arthur Blank really wants Bill Belichick. Yeah, there's a report that came out that said he's, quote, desperate to get him. Desperate. Yeah, I believe that. I I believe that. I think they're desperate to win. I think they're desperate to have someone with um, head coaching experience. But we've talked in depth about the fact that, you know, does it really matter who their head coach is if they don't, um, if they don't get a quarterback? Yeah. I mean, listen, there's a lot of, I think, a lot of factors and a lot of uh, different pieces of, like, the chest. You know, like, if you're playing chess, everything needs to move perfectly. Um, I, I just, if you're a coach, though, and I don't think we've discussed this yet, do you mm-hmm. want to come to the Falcons? That's my thing. It's like, if, you, if, you're, if you're someone like Belichick, do you want to come to the Falcons and spend your final years basically rebuilding a, a team? I mean, that's how I'm looking at it. And I know that there are a lot of guys, good guys, good players on the team. So rebuilding might, might not be the appropriate word. Um, but I don't, certainly don't think the Falcons are going to win the Super Bowl next year. No, I think, to answer your question, do people want to be here? I think that ultimately comes down to the conversations they have with Arthur Blank and how much say they get in things when it comes to the program they essentially get to run, the players they get to draft, the quarterback they get to go get. Um, you know, are there some people that want to ride with Desmond Ritter or not? Or are they who are they going to draft? Or do, does Bill Belichick want to bring in a vet guy? I think those are the hard conversations that have to be had right now. Um, and I think that's when you realize, do I want to go there or not? I think where the Falcons maybe have a little bit of a leg up, even though they haven't been wildly successful over the years. I still think there's a lot to say about how things have been run in Atlanta in a sense of it's not a total catastrophe. Like it's not what the Browns were 10 years ago or what the Bengals were dealing with. I think there's worse places to be, whether that's in Washington or even with the Panthers right now and all the turnover they've had. Um, so I think there's a lot to, that goes into it, and I think those interviews are where you have to ask things and where you have to figure it out. Yeah, and listen, I would agree in the, in the sense that, like, when you think of Atlanta, Atlanta is not a bad place to live, right? Mm-mm. So I would think if you're a coach, at least that might draw you to this team, better weather, the stadium's new, um, resources are being thrown to the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I certainly – nobody's ever said that blank is cheap. So things like that do matter. I, I just do wonder, like, because I don't think Belichick, after whatever stop he's making next, is going anywhere after that, right? Yeah. So do you want to, like, basically spend your last years or whatever uh, here, I guess, would be something that he's probably thinking about? Or does he just really want to coach and Atlanta's the one, like, viable place that 
sounds good to him. I don't know. Well, and there are a bunch of reports that him and Rich McKay had a really good relationship, too. I just yes. think it ultimately give, comes down to how much they want to give bill to make his own decisions and it's going to come down to what he wants to do at the quarterback position and i think like you can't take credit from anyone else who knows who's going to come in and maybe sweep them off their feet i think there were initial reports that they were just like doing their due diligence on jim harbaugh and weren't really interested but then he got a second interview he was the second one announced i believe after bill got his second one yeah um so he was successful in the nfl yeah when he was you know, here before going to his alma mater, uh, Michigan. I mean, he was very wildly successful. Uh, didn't win the Super Bowl, but took, you know, the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Um, and, and I think what they won the division four years, maybe, or I'm not even sure which, which stat that was that I yeah. saw, but they did something four years in a row, Bailey. So <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. Um, how long do you think this takes? When do you think we. Another week. You think another week? Well, because, you know, in person interviews started today. Mm-hmm. So they had to wait till today to do those in-person interviews. And um, I was on the phone with someone earlier saying, so now they have to interview two minority candidates in person mm-hmm. before they can. And this is all the Rooney rules and all Rooney that rules, stuff. Yeah. Uh, so before they can even hire whoever, whoever they want to hire. So unless they did two minority interviews today and they believe that they have their person and want to make the offer tomorrow, I think this drags out for probably another week or so. I don't know. I mean, with our luck, it'll happen. <laughs> it's going to happen at the worst time when possible. When you and I are super busy and it's just, it is what it is. But uh, it sounds like they have a, a boatload of other people to interview or, mm-hmm. or second interviews or whatever the case may be. So at least we can't say that they didn't interview all the people that they wanted to. And they yeah. finally got with Raheem Morris over the weekend, which I was happy. And I hope it wasn't just, you are know, you- let's just do this, you know, because For, yeah. I, I really hope they took that seriously. You still ride in with Raheem Morris as the I person you want? I love him. I, that's who I want, but only because we covered him for, he was in Atlanta for six years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when Julio Jones was here in, in his prime, I'm not saying by any means that Raheem Morris invented Julio Jones, but he was Julio Jones's coach. He was the wide receivers coach at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Julio loved, loved, loved Ross. So I just think that um, he's done everything there can when he was in Atlanta, he was on offense, he was on defense, he did a little bit of everything. He is a defensive-minded coach, but he still dabbled in the whole offense. So um, he said it made him a better coach. And, and you know, obviously, uh, with a defensive mind, you understand the offense a little bit better. So I, I just think that he, to me, is is a good person. But also, in the same respect, it's like, okay, you already know what you're getting with him, and maybe they didn't like what they got with him when he was here. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But you he never was, know. Yeah, he was interim head coach when Dan Quinn was fired. A lot of people forget that. Um, so he has, you know, been in those shoes before here in Atlanta. And uh, I certainly think the people of Atlanta liked him, but we'll see. At, at the end of the day, it's whoever Blake likes. Let's continue to talk a little bit about football. Before we dive into Championship Sunday, the AFC Championship and NFC Championship, let's recap a little bit of what went down this weekend. Um, I'm sure you watched some games, M. Which one was your favorite to take in? Um, I liked the Detroit game probably because it was exciting and it was down to the wire and, and still questions about the how the game ended. Um, I could have gone either way on that one. I could have gone with Bucks. I could have gone with Lions. Mm-hmm. I like both storylines. Like it was just a yeah. feel good game for me because I was like, whoever goes to uh, the NFC title game out of this one, I like it. You knew it was going to be gritty no matter what. I really enjoyed that Packers 49ers game. That was good, too. That was crazy. I think the fact the Packers so young, with Jordan Love even able to kind of hang around and make yeah. it interesting was good. Um, really always wanted the Ravens to win. I mean, Bills and Chiefs is almost becoming like a classic rivalry at this point, too, yeah. between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I mean, that was 
the rubber match between them, and it was sitting at 3-3. Chiefs now have the upper hand. Everyone was making a big deal that it was Patrick Mahomes' first true road playoff game, but that didn't matter. Uh, now you have the AFC Championship between the Ravens and the Chiefs. Chiefs will go to Baltimore. And then the NFC Championship between the Lions and 49ers. The Lions will head to Cali. Um, before we hear from the coaches about you know how these games this past weekend went and looking towards the championships, give me your prediction of who's going to be in the Super Bowl after we get through championship weekend. Uh, yeah, let's do 49ers-Ravens. Okay. Why not? I mean, that's an easy pick to me. I think I going chose. Safe. Yeah, I think I chose that weeks ago, like from Did whenever you? we didn't even okay. watch football. Yeah. Um, I just really. You can thought, change it. Are you changing it? No, okay. I don't want okay. to. Yeah. Um, I want the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl. They've been one of the most fun teams to watch, in my opinion, and I love that there was all this hoopla about Lamar Jackson last season and coming into this he season. He deserves it. He's he does. And that defense is so good. And Billy, if you don't mind, Juan, I've done this to you before. I want Juan to come over here and explain to us why he did not necessarily want the Chiefs um, to win yesterday. Oh. He explained this to me, and I thought it was so good. And it's nothing bad. I think a lot of people have his take. That's why I want to bring him over here. Okay, Juan. And he did so well when we talked about uh, Auburn, Alabama. So I think you need to come on and explain to the people why you weren't necessarily like happy or not not happy, but you you wouldn't have minded had the bills moved on, right? right. Yeah, okay. step up, step up step to up the to the, the box. Oh gosh, I feel like uh, this is a hot take. No, honestly, I just feel like for me, um, I would like to. I feel like it's the Taylor Swift effect, and although she's bringing in a lot of fans, a lot of people are watching that normally wouldn't watch the game. Um, I would like to kind of, you know, not that always be the narrative. And I feel like if the Chiefs continue on, even into the Super Bowl, that's going to be the big narrative. Everyone's going to be talking about Taylor Swift, this and that, and not necessarily about the game itself, which I think it kind of loses that that part of it. But either or, it's, you know. Can I put I'm you really on the spot? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so for people who may not know, which is everyone who probably listens to this, because this is the first time we've introduced Juan to sports tonight. Um, he is a big Beyonce fan. I am. He is part of the Beehive. Therefore, if you are a Beyonce fan, <laughs> you technically cannot be a Taylor Swift fan. Oh, Stan, well. you can like her. But if you're part yeah, of the Beehive, yeah. you're not a Swiftie. I mean, I feel like there's some narratives that pit Quit. them together. But Quit. I like both. <laughs> I think both are amazing artists. Which one do you like right. better? Beyonce. Correct. Okay, thank you. You can step down now. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Juan always has these really good wait, takes, and he now, just doesn't know when I'm going to put him on TV. Wait, That's the worst part of it all. But so M, thank you. Thank M, you, now I'm curious because I don't think we've actually talked about this. Yeah. Where do you stand on the Taylor Swift effect? Oh, I don't care. I'm like, whatever. I think it's great marketing for him and her. I mean, seriously, she has, I think, in ways, like, made maybe fans of, like, men who did not care. Mm -hmm. Um and, and Travis Kelsey has become way more popular among maybe younger girls. I mean, I just, for them, it's great. It doesn't bother me, though. I think it's kind of fun. What I find really interesting is never once was this a, this a thing with Giselle when her and Brady were dating or married. It's true. And she is worth so much more money than Travis Kelsey, or at the time, I believe. Remember, it was like, she makes more money than Tom Brady. Mm. Well, if that's the case, she makes more money than Travis Kelsey. And I don't know where she would measure now with Taylor Swift. Maybe back in the day she was making more. But I don't know. I just think it's so funny that that is usually the narrative. We got sidetracked, but we did. We are going to hear <laughs> from the coaches ahead of this matchup. So let's tune into that. We're excited about it. We're looking forward to it. It's a, it's a huge challenge. 
playing a great football team, very talented, very well coached, uh, know how to win. They've been in these situations many times. I think they've been in the championship game. Maybe this is their sixth time in a row. So they've been here before. Uh, it'll be a big challenge for us. It's our first time with, with this team and these guys. Uh, but we're up for the challenge, and we're excited. No question. I mean, you got to factor it in. The fact that he, uh, he extends plays, he buys time. He buys time to run sometimes, buys time to throw. He's uh, just a really elusive guy. You'll see him in space sometimes. He'll make guys miss and all that. So, uh, you know, it's just Patrick Mahomes. He's unique. He plays his own brand of football. Been very successful. We'll just have to study him and uh, do our best to try to keep him under wraps. Lamar's determined. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like It wasn't like some crazy thing. You know, I mean, I saw the way it was described. It wasn't like that. You know, he was he was just he was locked in. He was determined and he kind of said some things and said, let's go. You know, it's, this is this is not the way it needs to be played. And we're better than that. And let's go take care of business is basically what he said. So um, I think someone said it was profanity laced or something, you know, uh, he said he said some things I can't repeat. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't. I don't think it's like you're imagining it. Honestly, I mean, I don't remember it that way. And I would have. I think I would. You know, because he's not. He's just not that kind of guy. He doesn't really talk like that. But um, no, it was. It was. It was. It was great. You know, it's good. It wasn't. It was. It was. It was. Uh, I don't think it's a big story. I think the way he played's a big story. That's kind of. I think that's the even bigger story, but Lamar's a leader. I mean, Lamar is a leader from the beginning to the end in the way he plays, what he says. Guys listen to him, uh, the way he runs the offense. I mean, he's just a he's an A++ leader. I thought for from the game standpoint, I, I mentioned after the game about <clears throat> all the guys sticking together and, and supporting each other and in a hostile uh, territory, I guess you'd say, um, that – uh, you know that that was a thing that really stuck out uh, to me uh, right after the game, and then after watching the tape, uh, just the the defense picking it up that second half and and really putting it down, uh, even down to the last drive where they they had to kick a field goal and they kept it out of the end zone. I thought that was that was big to just okay, enough's enough and. Um, we can't let him score, so uh, a touchdown. Um, to the offense, making making some plays. Uh, it was great to see MBS get a, a couple nice catches. Um, I thought Kels had a, a big night, Pacheco. You know, and for all those guys to be able to do that, the, the offensive line did, did well. And I'd flip that over on the defensive side, and I'd tell you the same thing. Um, you know, for for things to settle down like they did. Um, that starts up front, and I thought Chris Jones did a nice job of communicating that to the guys, and and uh, Bolden and and Drew of you know working working through their their stuff there and and making sure everybody was lined in the right spots and and so on. So uh, and then the back end, Snead just continues to be uh, I, like I said, I have a hard time believing anybody's doing it better right now than him, but. Yeah, he, um, he he he's done a nice job along with the other guys back there. Reed had some a uh, couple of really nice plays too. So 
Um, and then special teams. Uh, can't talk much about Tommy because he didn't have to. He didn't have to do much. He just had the one punt. But Bucker continues to do a nice job for us, and I know the guys had the ultimate trust in him. And then the coverage teams were were good. So that that means that the the coordinators did a good job with it. The guys executed and believed in what the coordinators were putting out there. Um, you know, I mentioned uh, about Spags just uh, second half, just making a couple little adjustments there, and and Nagy's game plan was so deep. I mean, even by the time we got to the fourth quarter, we saw a lot of a lot of just good stuff left over, and Dave's group uh, did did a nice job. Even you know, even on the fake the fake punt, we. You know, we didn't have we had ten guys out there, but uh, made it made it work. So, um, anyways, with that that time's yours. Let's go first to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. And I'll just have a second question on this. This, if that's okay, uh, Coach. I know we talk a lot about Rasheed, but on the other side, just how impressed have you been uh, with Shamari Connor and and what he's been able to do in this rookie season, especially yesterday with Mike out? No, that's a good, uh, great question there, Pete. Um, Shinari did a did a heck of a job. I mean, he's uh, he's been working in in nickel and dime situations, but to come in and have those extended that extended time in there and make the plays he did, with the exception of just trying to pick the ball up, the scoop and score thing, probably should have just fallen on it when it's all said and done. But um, he uh, he sure did a nice job in there. Yeah. And then White Nets, just being in personnel before, I know, I know you're, you're a little bit more hands-off now, but how impressed have you been on on with your staff on on the day three guys like a Sneed, like a Connor, um, Watson, Williams, that type of thing? Yeah, listen, I'm a big Brett Beach fan, so um, he he's done a, done a great job. I told him after the game, that's him. This game is him. This is a reflection of, of uh, all the time and effort he and his guys have put in. Um, it's just uh, that that's what it comes down to. They've given us good good football players to coach. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Andy. Um, wanted to ask about uh, the, the touchdown to Travis Kelsey and just uh, – and, Brad, if you don't mind, I'll have a follow-up too. But um, just, just what you saw Patrick do to sort of work where that d- defensive secondary was going to be before he, he found Travis open there. Yeah, he um, so he's got three options on that <clears throat> on that side, and he um, he's got to let it sort out just a tick, and uh, and he did that. He was very patient with it, and then obviously very accurate with the throw. And it was a throw that he kind of not the same play, Sam, but it was it was a throw that he missed Trav on a little bit earlier, yeah. a corner route like that, and. He, uh, you know, he just fixed the problem and was spot on. Um, Andy, my first question for you, going back to training camp and you guys going together and building that bond, how much of that do you feel like kind of helped yesterday going into an environment like that against Buffalo where you got so many people against you? <laughs> yeah, Nick, that, that's a it, – it's really a great environment uh, for the NFL and for their city. I mean uh, – but you're you're playing, you're not playing against the crowd, but they're they're involved. They're right on top of you there, probably very much like somebody coming into Arrowhead. So, um, you know, it's uh, it, but I would tell you that um, 
Yes, I, I, I believe, I believe in that. That you, you go away to training camp, you can't be on the cell phone all day, and you're around the guys all day. So, uh, guys talk, <clears throat> whether it's at dinner time or or wherever they they talk, and um, they're living in the same dorm and and so on. So, uh, there's a bond that does get started there. It's just how you uh, grow it from that point. And, and this group, I, I felt that in our game, that they, they've really done a nice job of, of growing together and supporting each other. And then looking at that secondary from the Super Bowl last year, the young guys, till last night and all you guys were able to do, how much growth have you seen from those young guys to be in that moment and to capitalize the way that they did? Yeah, so last year they got better every game, um, just with the experience, and then uh, throughout the off season working, and throughout this season they've continued to get better and and to feel more comfortable challenging in man coverages and and then tighten up these zones and zone coverage. Um, this will be this coming week will be the biggest test of them all. So um, up to this point, they've they've got a great group of wide receivers, and so. Um, you know, I think our guys, once we get through the week here, uh, we'll, they, they look forward to that challenge. Um, but they, they, they've, they've done a nice job. Looks like we've got a couple more. We'll go Todd Palmer and then Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd Palmer. Uh, hey, Andy. Um, just curious, you face, you're facing two of the best running quarterbacks in the league back-to-back here, but obviously Josh Allen a little bit different than Lamar Jackson. So are the principles of, you know, contain and things like that the same, or is this a much different animal because Lamar's a different athlete and a different running style? Yeah, I would tell you it's somewhat the same. You have to stay in your lane. You have to stay disciplined with with any quarterback that runs. Lamar's special. He's a, um, you know, he's fast and one of the faster guys on the field when, when, when it's all said and done. And, um, and, and he's shifty where Josh will go, he'll go right through you. He doesn't care. He's a big, big man. Um, and probably equally as fast. I mean, he's a fast kid. He's run away from secondary players. We've seen that on, on tape. So, um, you know, but the, this kid, he throws it well, he throws on the move well, he, runs the ball well so we've just got to stay on top of that part of it uh, you know throughout practice this week and then during the game all right so you hear from the coaches about what's to come especially talking a lot about lamar jackson because yes the chiefs were able to contain josh allen a bit he still had a few rushing touchdowns but Lamar Jackson's a different breed. Uh, we did want to mention that Falcons defensive coordinator Ryan Nielsen has found a new home. He's headed to Jacksonville as their defensive coordinator. Um, kind of a tough loss. I mean, whoever, I, I, I agree with you on that. Like whoever the head coach is going to be, you knew they probably weren't going to keep Nielsen. Correct. But he really turned things around defensively. And that's one guy that if you kept him, I don't think anyone's going, oh, why? Yeah. No, he earned his keep for sure. Um, and I thought it was interesting because, you know, at first they weren't allowing yeah. him the coordinators to interview and then now he has a, a job somewhere else but i don't blame any of these coaches for doing it like you have to be able to at the end of the day feed your family and go you know wherever mm-hmm. there's a job um and jacksonville's you know been on the up and up so even though they didn't make the playoffs uh this year they 
basically where I went away from going. Um, I still think that's a good spot for him. Yeah, and their and defense seems very good. Yeah, and I think the other, like you said, they have to think about their future and their families. And the reality is, is if you decide to kind of see what happens, you're gambling with your future. That could be another two weeks. And then you could be totally behind the eight ball with all these open positions of where yeah. you get to choose to where you want to end up. Yeah. So it seems it's probably fitting for him and the Jags to end up there. I agree. Um, let's switch gears to talk a little basketball. Uh, Trey Young out with a concussion after Isaac Okoro, I believe, yep. mailed him in the face, uh, went down pretty hard, did not return. And it's a lengthy little process for the NBA's concussion protocol. M. Yeah, I mean, he's out indefinitely, right? Um, what I think he he's a second in the league in assists right now. Uh, you know, I averaging what twenty seven points or so a game. Uh, this will certainly affect the Hawks. Uh, you hate it for him because he'll probably want to get out there before the mm -hmm. you know he's able or at least gets clear to go. Yeah. Um, so it's just one of those things. You don't really have a choice in this protocol, and, and, and rightfully so, because I do think like later on in life these things actually matter. Correct. Um, but I do find it interesting, and it brings up a whole other conversation about like DeJounte Murray <laughs> when Trey's not on the court. Do the Hawks look better? And I'm by no means am I saying that, you know, one's getting traded over the other or that DJ should take over or whatever. That's not what I'm saying because that's what a lot of people have been saying. Like, hey, let's just get rid of, of Trey and see what happens with DJ. I'm not really going into that conversation. I'm just saying it is interesting that when both of them aren't on the court, it does seem very different. Well, and if you look at that heat game specifically, it's really interesting. You see how the team plays. I mean, they had to go deep into their bench because of injuries and with Trey not playing. And it's almost like everyone got the ball a little bit more mm -hmm. um, and they were letting it fly. I mean, Garrison Matthews and Patty Mills coming out of nowhere to help the team win and throw up some three pointers and whatnot. So I think there's a different dynamic uh, who ends up getting traded. Who knows? I do think it's going to be a spicy NBA tra trade deadline for the Hawks. It, it has to happen. It's not working right now. No, I don't think it's working with DeJounte and Trey, but I also think DeJounte's playing great. He but is. that could also be a, hey, yes, look at me. Who wants me? Right. And, and I love his story. I mean, I don't know if you heard him after that game mm -hmm. and saying how like he's just unfazed by everything that happens in his life just because he's been homeless and he's had no money and he's done all these things, but yet he's always been confident and that's just who he is. And that's why he walks around with the swagger he has. And I, I just loved hearing it. Listen, I, I, again, this is not a, a dig on, on Trey, but DJ has always from the second he walked in here been a leader and it was very apparent early on. He set up Bailey before you got here. Um, this was right when he got to Atlanta. He set up like this turkey giveaway for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And when we got there to cover it, it wasn't even a Hawks event. Like the Hawks didn't tell him to go do it. The Hawks didn't even know he was doing it. Yeah, that's crazy. He set it up on his own. And I thought, this guy's a leader. This guy, like, this is the kind of guy that you want your kid to to follow and be a great example. So I, I have nothing but respect for him. Um, let's wrap up really, really quickly. What's on your mind? I will tell you what's on my mind. The yes, Hawks are do. on Peachtree TV and Peachtree Sports <laughs> Network Friday against the Mavs after the West Coast trip. <laughs> That's a great one. And tonight they're at the Kings. It's a late tip if you want to watch it. But we will see maybe. Hayes, <laughs> we can't speak. Trey's not on the court. So we'll... You know. And they pull out the win against former teammate Kevin Herter. Yeah, we, we love we, we love to see it. We'll find out. All right, that will do it for this edition of Sports Tonight. For Emily Gagnon, I'm Bailey Burmaster. You guys have a great night, and make sure to join us tomorrow. Good night.